Welcome back, everybody, to another fun edition of the Rolex Whiskey Passion Project. I love seeing all of you listening and rating and just keep having a good time. Today, I have a gentleman. I mean, he might even predate me on social. Um, and you might know him, and he'll introduce himself in a second. But Nick Harborn, welcome to the show, my friend. How's it going, Gav? Uh, and yes, hey, I, baby. I do believe I do predate you on the social media trend. I think it was either 2012. When we- yeah, oh yeah, you got me by like three years. I mean, you want to <laughs> tell everyone that the, the, you're social? <laughs> yeah, what's up, guys? This is the Whiskey Wiseman, just Whiskey Wiseman repping hard right now. It's been a while. We're coming back. Coming um, back tour. Yeah, it's just, you know, everyone, I think at this age range that we started doing all of it, we were, you know, in our mid-20s. And then the last few years, especially with COVID, you know, all the all the other guys that we were doing with, either you were married and having kids, and obviously we couldn't do our events anymore. So things just kind of had to halt. And so, unfortunately, we just got kind of sidetracked and hit with that. So, so yeah. Give me, that. so 2012. Yeah, it was even 2013. I mean, what is, I mean, what's the whiskey scene look like on social then? Very, I mean, what are they like, 10 of, three of you, four of you? There, <laughs> what's that look like? Was, there wasn't really even anything. And like, maybe it was 2013, like in January or something. I remember we were talking about it in like the fall of 2012, getting the whole thing started. And I, th- I think maybe it was in like January. Well, I guess, I guess I'm going to stop you for one second. What was the concept? Of Wiseman. Well, okay, so I think I was 25 and my friends and I, we were sitting in this whiskey bar and we had, we literally knew nothing about whiskey, scotch, anything. And we were sitting there being like, what would it be like if we could get a guy's night together? Because all the girlfriends at the time were doing their girls' nights. And we we're like, listen, we need a boys' night. We need to do this. I think Mad Men was like a big thing at the time. And all those guys were drinking scotch with their buddies and like, you know, crushing deals. So we were just like, we want to do this. We want to have our own thing. And so we were sitting in this whiskey bar and we're chatting about it. And like the owner's sitting there and we're like, hey, man, if we filled this place next month, like on an off night, would you guys give us a 10% kickback? We'll donate it to charity. We just want to bring people in. We want to do a good cause and we want to like, you know, create something that's fun but also doing good. So the guy was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's get you guys in here. So we came up with the name Third Thursday uh, to kind of coincide with like Whiskey Wiseman, the WW. And then all of a sudden it was like, we packed that bar. It was the Irish Heather in Vancouver and it was great. And then all of a sudden, you know, a couple months are going by, people from other uh, provinces, people from other states, people from the, like everywhere are coming in and friends of friends and people are loving this thing. And then all of a sudden, all our girlfriends are now like, hey, why can't we come to this thing? This sounds amazing. And then sure enough, we opened it up to everybody and it was, uh, it's just been a huge success. So. And for you, I mean, you're sitting in a whiskey bar, you're saying, you know, with your boys, you don't really know much about whiskey, but is is this like a journey you like, you were excited to like learn more about whiskey or you just want to like. It was like, it wasn't a nightclub because I mean, I used to run nightclubs. It sounds like a promotion. Yeah. They're promoted as third Thursdays and it's ladies night, except there was guys whiskey night. Well, was it that or you actually were hoping to learn something or you just were like, 
Hey, dude, like, it'll be cool. <laughs> we wanted to just get, like, our buddies out, get people knowing what whiskey was, the different regions, where everything that it came from. And, you know, I think for myself, at least, it was this whole... I became super passionate about it. I mean, a lot of the other people didn't care. They just liked drinking whiskey with the guys. But it was my passion with, like, photography and branding. And mm-hmm. now seeing all of these different, like, cool brands and the labels they were doing and and where the social media part all came into play was for myself as a photographer I was like oh my god I want to share this love with everybody and now we kind of have this like opportunity to reach people globally so like if people don't know about what whiskey is and we were using uh, Instagram and Facebook as like our advertising platform to get people to come to the events so what happened was I was like I'm sitting in this whiskey bar. There's like, I want to say 1,500 different bottles of whiskey on the shelf. And I was like, if I shoot every single bottle and do a write-up about it, I'll know everything about whiskey. I'll have 1,500 photos to post. And like, we're off to the races. I can start making stuff. So that's where it all kind of came from. That was the original. And what was like, like rewind for one second like what was whiskey in your life up until that point whiskey was just like i just didn't you didn't know like i remember being like 25 and just being like oh it was just i mean i was drinking a lot of tequila at the time i guess like you know in your earlier years i was going out to party yeah and so now it became this like unbelievable appreciation it wasn't like trying to drink to get drunk i was like oh my God, the aromas, talking to all these like older experienced guys, talking to now these brand ambassadors and like just people in the industry that were showing us how- Who who just, you know, just for anyone listening in 2013, the brand ambassadors were like the people in the town that were like really there to like help market the whiskey. And they were just so happy someone wanted to talk to them because when they normally walked in on premise, they were told like, Hey, bro, come back on Tuesday when I place orders. Yeah. So now... All this- so, so you're like, so you're like, hey, t- tell me more. They're like, oh, my God, finally, someone I can go do my job about. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, we'll get this guy. We'll get, like, all of a sudden, you've got, like, Simon from Lafroy. You've got all these other, like, cool ambassadors, like, like global brand ambassadors that are interested. Yeah, I mean, you're the, you're the hottest club in town, the whiskey club. And they're like, dude, we'll send them there because, like, we don't, yeah. like, there's nothing. This is pre-2015-16. There's jack shit going on outside of that. And so we have this audience and people and we're like setting up all these events and doing all these like cool activations. And like our third Thursday event was every single month and it was packed. And all of a sudden we're getting people being like, how do we get this in our state? How do we get this in our province? Like we had people on the Cayman Islands that were like so fired up about it. And, you know, they, they wanted to start a chapter. So... We had people in New York, Toronto, Calgary, LA, like just all over the map. And everyone was like, how do we do this in our city? How do we do Third Thursday? Like, Well, for you, for you as a learning, what was the first whiskey that triggered you? Like, holy shit, this is different. Like, what was that moment? What was it? And how did that go down? Oh, man, it's so funny. Um, I had like this wild kind of like young, young memory because my grandparents used to have a really cool like their whole downstairs basement was like this wild like 1960s 70s style like 
grandparents were huge into music and record distribution companies. So they always had like a cool bar full of just different stuff. And it was a, a bottle of blue label that caught my eye back in the day. I had no idea what it was, obviously. <laughs> but I was it was like, reserved for weddings, bar mitzvahs, and special events. Oh my God. I just like, you saw this and blue is my favorite color. So I was just like, what is this cool bottle of booze? And I would sneak it all the time and just not really know what it was. It was, it was incredible. But it was the the one moment that I just completely shifted and, and fell in love with whiskey was uh, trying like anything from Isla. I guess it was art big, I could say. Oh. But jumping into that like pure smoky peaty, that was when I was like, oh my God, I love, love whiskey. <laughs> okay, so now you got Wiseman up and running and you've got these global brand ambassadors. Yeah. What would you say is like, a next crowning moment where you're like, this is pretty darn cool what we've got going. And what, what, who was that in the room? What brand like came in and like shocked you? I guess it was when the Japanese whiskey sort of thing started to kind of take off. It was like still a very like pe- people didn't really get what it was. And and, wh- and what year are you now? 2015 ish? Yeah, let's are you still like, are you early? Yeah, I'm gonna say like 2015 or like 16, and we might be like two or three years into doing what we're yeah. like into this. And and it's Suntory that comes, or so or another. We were working with Beam Suntory. We yeah, like, I mean, obviously Moe Hennessy because their brands are big and Glen Morton G. We loved. Yeah, we were yep. working with those guys a lot. For us, like we worked with every major brand, and you know, fortunately for us, like well for myself at least because I was never tied down to a full-time job. I always had my own thing going. So they were like, do you want to go to the distilleries? Do you want to come here? Do you want to take photos? Do you want to like, we'll put you up, we'll fly you out. And just like, you show your, you show your audience, like what we do. And so, you know, yeah, fortunately, like I got to go to all those different places and, but there's a really cool story actually with, with the Centauri stuff. And that was, uh, we were going on a ski trip and I, I managed to find a bottle of like the Yamazaki 18 in like a gas station. Just anyways, we're going on the ski trip and I'm like, I'm huge into whiskey at this point and I know everything about what's going on. And like most people have not a, like don't have a clue. And I'm just recently seeing all the prices right now for the 18s, like just in that dollar <laughs> ranges. I got this yeah. for $140 and it, I remember being like, Looking at the guy, being like, "This is—is is this real? Is this like are you just like fooling around? What's going on?" Yeah, like, oh, it's just that Sierra. He like didn't even know what it was. So I was like, "I'll take that, please." <laughs> I still have a bit of it left on the shelf, which is—it's so old now, but amazing story. About yeah, well, I mean, it still had the Japanese import stuff on the back of it, like all written in Japanese. Oh yeah, it yeah. wasn't—it wasn't in Trader Joe yet. It's like two years later it was, and then it was. Yeah. And then every, and then the cow was out the bag. <laughs> so, and, and what, what, because for me, that was a huge turning point. I, you know, I was fortunate, yeah. really, my first pour of Japanese whiskey was like the Yamazaki Sherry Cat 2016 at like Wolf and Crane or whatever it's called in like little Tokyo. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, I'll try this for like 80 bucks a pour. And I'm like, whoa, who did this and how did they do that? Yeah. I've got a couple of bottles, like the really rare ones. The nice decanters of the Habiki that have been sitting there for a while. Those are all pickups from like 
traveling to Japan. You always get those ones at the duty free that are like super yeah, when they were available. Yeah, when they were available. <laughs> I, no I remember like I, I remember like I was getting those Yamazaki twenty fives and Hakushu twenty fives because they were twenty two hundred dollars. Yeah. And people were like, Hey, I'm at the airport, you want one? I'm like, Yeah, I'll take another one. Oh, yeah, sure. And now like good luck. Never to be seen Not again. Yeah. yeah. You know? So what was it? What do you think about Japanese whiskey that really like woke you? Oh, you know, it was it's just their craftsmanship. I think from like a very young age, I've always been a huge fan of like Japanese brands from like their denim to the craftsmanship, just to like, you know, maybe it even stemmed from being a kid and just falling in love with Pokemon and just being like, I love Japan. This is crazy. I love anime. And like, then really getting into fashion and all of that and like appreciating the, uh, the quality and craftsmanship that goes into it. So for me, it was like, once I tried it and then once I started learning about all the stories and the distilleries and the people and like, you know, husbands, wives, like you're like, what is going on with you? Cause, cause my take was that I was like, whoever made this, you know, if this is my, it's like, a, like even, even just the story of like Nika, you know, it's just like, ugh. yeah, I, I felt that their give a fuck level was so high when they made that whiskey that. They wouldn't have bottled it if it wasn't perfection. Yeah, it's their water source. It's just the probably even the barrels that they were using were just so meticulously handcrafted and like perf perfect. Like, and you know you're getting that when you taste that whiskey. It's just it's something else. Okay, now you so you do an event with them, and that's moving. You yeah. had a lot of events. How does so? Tell me how Wiseman just starts growing. Well, so we had a great network of people. We had uh, brought a lot of like, and, and this is always like people volunteering time. And we ended up, because we all had our full-time gigs and other things that we were doing, this was our passion project. We brought in this girl, Leslie Brown, who was, we appointed our CEO. And she's an amazing, just like all around events personality. And she basically went in charge of heading up our club wise program which was our uh, our like our paid membership group and so we had like 50 guys 50 girls and we were doing all these wicked you know like quarterly events huge activations now we're doing whiskey festivals we're we're doing all kinds of stuff and we're becoming this like huge name within the industry so it grew it grew into like a huge membership program um, and then with that, you know, we started making our own whiskey. We started like doing our own like small batch releases for all the members. And I guess that would kind of like, you know, that's when I moved to LA. I was like, I got sick and tired of living in Vancouver and was dating this girl down there for a while and ended up moving there. And that's when I was like, okay, industry here is huge. Opportunities here are huge. And I, I want to make a canned cocktail. I want to make whiskey canned cocktails because obviously like the biggest things at the time were like white claws and all the other yeah. kind of super sugary things. <laughs> Didn't appeal to R me. RTD city. Yeah. Okay. the R And so I was like, oh man, all I want to do is just make cool cocktails that are whiskey based for this community. Like I love our community, the friends that we've made over the years. And I was like, I want to make something for them, like those people. And 
then all of a sudden, you know, like the first brand iteration that we did was just called whiskey in a can. And it was, it was great. It was like, we, we came up with these great products. It tasted amazing, but the name was just like the stupidest name. So <laughs> I was like, it, it was just so literal. And I was like, that's what we're going to call it. Whiskey in a can. And, but no, it was just, I was like, this, there's nothing here. And that's when it evolved. And I went to Burning Man actually and came back and I was like, oh man, I had the wildest time there. And everything I was saying was wild. This is like the wildest experience. And I want like, to share this wild time with everybody. And I was like, that's the name. That's the brand. It has to be called Wild. W-Y-L-D. And so it evolved into Wild Cocktails. And that was kind of where things moved to. So Wiseman was doing a thing. Wild was starting to get off the ground. And then all of a sudden... It's the end of 2019 and we're going into 2020 and just the world collapses. <laughs> yeah. So, March 18th specifically, because I remember my kids got kicked out of school. They're like, yeah, no, you're done this Friday. <laughs> Everything is locked. We had just done this huge event here in Vancouver, this awesome, like just hundreds of people out there for this whiskey thing and then we were like all right we're like we're full steam ahead again like i'm back in town and like you know trying to get this cocktail thing off the ground and the world just you know tanks everything that we put into all that stuff just had to halt and we stopped and it was like guess we can't do our events anymore i guess we can't see people anymore guess we can't do this do that so yeah that's kind of where things ended and then well now, now, now that you're on the comeback tour, we can get into that in a second, but I do want to dig in with you on a couple of great whiskeys that really like shuttered you like during your, your early journey where, you know, obviously you, you spoke about Suntory, but there's anything else that you were just like, whoa, that's great. And you had that you hadn't tried before because now you're getting, you know, you're getting access to a lot of shit. Yes. A hundred percent. Like biggest brand that I fell in love with was Compass Box, Compass Box Whiskey. Yeah. Because I got so bored just drinking single malts that I started like mixing my own up and doing my own blends and being like, okay, what can we do here to make things interesting? But it was Compass Box because they're the guys that make their labels, Stranger and Stranger is this yeah. unbelievable New York agency that I've just like been in love with for years. And Which by the way, I had no idea how big they were. So like I was doing something and I'm like, Hey guys, like, so like, I'm thinking like some just casual branding, like a logo. They're like, oh yeah, 25,000. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. But things, <laughs> that was humbling. Yeah. I researched these guys for years, just always being like, hey, I want to work with you so bad. How do I work with you? Are you just hiring at all? Like, I want to somehow get involved. But no, they were a pretty like tight little agency. Their stuff, I've been collecting all of their, their releases and just, yeah absolute favorite well i you know i i started i tried it and mm -hmm. i said this is unique and then i heard the story and i'm like dude this is like dude the guy's like iron chef or willy wonka whatever you want to go with. like he's just having fun and he's flipping the bird to the whole scotch society yeah he's just like dude like you can't tell me what to do like i'm basically going to do and not only that i'm going to disclose it all i'm going to put everything on the back panel this yeah. is, I'm guessing like this is exactly what I did and how I did it. And I'm like, and then I hung out with them at a 
show in San Francisco for a while. And we spoke for like an hour and a half. And I'm like, you are living the dream, my friend. You really are living the dream. You literally go to your lab. Yeah. You pull samples. And it's like, to me, it's like when I would watch the Iron Chef show, like you go to the pantry. Have you been? Hey. To, have you been to his? No, lab? no, I've never. Like We spoke about it many times and then COVID hit, you know, and then that was it. And I haven't, you know. I mean, I've just picked up international travel recently again. I'll yeah. be doing a lot more of it, but yeah, I definitely, that's a, that's a stop I'm definitely going to make. I've had the pleasure of going to their place in the UK and oh my God, what is it? It's like in the middle of nowhere and you have to take like the tube to get there and it's this whole journey. And it's like, I think, I think I went in either like a November or December and it was pissing rain, super cold, dark, and you're just like where are we getting there going and we're mixing up whiskeys we're having the best couple hours and i'm having so much fun with these guys but yeah john john glasser he's a phenomenal human being i don't know who their new their new blender is but he's been though yeah i mean i just i just got sent i'm good friends with scott out here he's mm-hmm. up in san fran he just said because i had velicor that's the one that comes in the book library book and that one's got like a 28 year old highland park in there wow. and it's just got this like beautiful sherry just yumminess to it but there's a new one out he just sent me i haven't cracked it yet sample of it but i but i will soon because i just i believe when it comes to scotch whiskey blending mm-hmm. he is a super genius not just a genius. there's lots of geniuses don't get me wrong there's a lot of good get blended scotch guys but he's like a super genius yeah, and just like looking at the shelf right and, now, and I and I think that John's just you know from hanging out with him, it's like he's driven by things that most people would never even think to be driven by. Yeah, you know, including his passion, which I think which makes him exciting, and I think that makes the brand. And you know, obviously, when the, when you're going up against multi-billion-dollar behemoths, you become almost like cultish. But it is what it is. They're not upset about it. It's okay. Yeah, it's super cool, and. <laughs> I just, I, I just love, and now that I'm thinking about it, like just the lengths that I'd go to, to try and find certain bottles, like places I'd go to different stores around the world to be like, oh, you have this one. Like, this is not a luxury whiskey finding that one and hedonism or something in, in the UK. There's like so many fun little spots and memories and trying to get them home, you know, like <laughs> hope this doesn't break us. Yeah. Hope this doesn't break. <laughs> yeah. It's like me traveling to Scotland with two suitcases because I knew I was buying whiskey. Right, like, I'm not gonna try like one and like have to wrap my jacket and throw it in a boot or something, you know, <laughs> to make sure it doesn't. And that shit. All right, so that's Compass Rock. What's another one that really stands out from that period of like your knowledge base? Like going back to Ardbeg is just like that's probably one of my absolute just all around favorites. Going to the distillery, I've been there a few times now, and just like the experience of drinking that whiskey. I remember he heads there like old distillery manager pulling us aside after like they were done this tour and he like sat me down we're in their little tiny tasting room and he's bringing out these whiskeys from the 70s and he's like no one gets to have this and we're sitting there and like they're sharing stories from like decades ago and we're just like shooting the shit having the best time of our life just drinking and smelling that whole like sea breeze from isla with the whiskey is is incredible um I don't know, man. Anything Isla, like that is incredible. Like even 
Brooklady and their whole like modern approach to their bottles and the design, their black art series is incredible. You know, we could talk to you getting some like cool Canadian whiskeys too, since you know, your boy's Canadian up here and there's lots yeah, of yeah. Going on, so I mean I you know, I drink a ton of preservation and that's all Marcy's Canadian stuff that she sourced. Yeah. So like interesting yeah. stuff up here, like the ryes that are going on up here, most of the stuff that like, well, the U.S. sourcing rye grain, like it all comes from up here, you know, because that stuff just grows winter round. It's like some of the best rye you can obtain. Well, for you now, like post COVID and, and kind of like uh, the comeback tour, are you, is, is your palate going again or did it never stop? It's never stopped, but I did definitely like take a good break. I was actually working with uh, Alexander Murray, Steve Lipsbrands for yeah. quite a little while, like throughout COVID, I was doing a lot of their social media, doing a lot of their photography, you know, basically just running their, their other brands that they have in uh, Total Wine and Trader Joe's, getting all those off the ground for them. So they've got some cool stuff going on over there. Obviously his... Yeah, I, I've got some older ones and, and I love them. Yeah, his, his you know? Alexander Murray products, especially the cast strength ones, I just have always loved. You know, Steve being a really good friend, he's, you know, oh man, he's, he's great. He's taken us and a lot of other people under his wing for sure. And given us some pretty cool experiences and Thanksgiving dinners with them and the family, like lots of cool stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, uh, for you now with, with Wiseman kind of making, you know, you're back. You, 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 I feel like you're hungry again. Not that you were never hungry, but I feel like. You're yeah. you're rejuvenated and you needed a little time off, and yeah. now you want to come back and and wreck it again, you know, in a good way. <laughs> yeah, I do for sure. I'm 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 trying to get these events going off the ground again. I would love to just be running the show and just getting like you know even 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 the members to come back and start doing the membership stuff again. I've been talking with all the big brands, reaching out to everybody, telling people that we're coming back. Like I'm ready. I'm fired up with it. I just, I, I miss the industry. I miss the people. I miss the conversations and I miss just sharing whiskey with people that have never really gone well, on. I mean, what, what's, what's changed is, you know, like our generation and you predate me, but yeah. like we were real, like real. And now it's like, it became cool to be an influencer and you yeah. lost that realness and you got a lot of bullshit. Like, you know, it, it's crazy. I, I, there was a software that you can like run people's profiles through to see how much fake followers they have. Yeah. And I'm like, are brands even doing due diligence anymore? Like who they choose to work with? Because you got nothing, you know, but they, but they talk a good game. And I'm like, you know, I, I was with, when I was in Scotland, I was sitting down with a couple of very influential people. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what makes me feel like I have to be the fucking police of this shit, but I hate all this fakeness. Yeah. I mean, I just like, I, I just like, I choke at it. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This week, this week, you're the expert on this. And next week, you're the expert on that. This week, yeah, you don't know shit. <laughs> Dude, I'm like, I'm pulling up my, because uh, now that I've started re like reposting things again and like starting to get back into like just social media, uh, our engagement is so brutal. It's like the, it's funny to watch. Maybe wow. Because, well, that, that algorithm is not friendly, dude. I mean, I was yeah. like, you know, I, I was doing like 30 hashtags per post of my entire <laughs> career on Instagram, just no, like no cookie either. cut, like every single time. And then like, all of a sudden they're like, wait, they shadow ban you for that shit. Now yeah. I have like four. I'm like, fuck, I didn't know that. I'm like literally like, hey, I'm helping people by giving more search terms. They're like, no, you're spamming. And I'm like, huh? 
I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So, so plea engagement started to get better again. But I'm like, you know, I mean, the standing joke was like, I never took professional pictures. I'm like, yeah, that's why they follow me. They're not expecting a professional. I'm just a right. dude who likes doing what I do. You know, and like, I'm not going to change that. But the but the hashtag thing really caught me by surprise. I'm like, because I couldn't understand. Like, I'm like, wait, like, why is there nothing on this? Like, nothing. And then and then I always chuckle because people will like straight up DM comment on a post, but they won't do it on the post. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, <laughs> co comment on the fucking post. Don't send me a message that I got to go look through my spam folder to go find. Yes. <laughs> We're getting tired <laughs> of yeah. But the game's changed, and, and and I'm excited to have you back because it's like, I feel like we can attempt as yeah. a community to kind of keep it real again uh, and I mean, give brands what they need. Like I, like you, I thrive on being able to educate people on brands that don't want to spend a billion dollars to be in everything else. But I also will talk to those billion dollar brands because there's unique stuff that they access. But the whole point is global education. 100%. And and obviously for us, like we want to support and work with other brands that we love. You know, it's like... The, just the or I tell brands, Nikki, I I tell brands, like, I don't even know who the fuck you are. If you want to take the time to educate me, yeah, you could make cool. a real friend. You know, and I, I don't need to be flowing out. Let's just fucking set up Zoom. Let's get it. Tell me your story. Tell me why you do that. Because for me, it's like if I even feel like this is just another marketing company, I'm like, I'm good. Like, there's a whole bunch of shit going out now for Christmas and all these brands are like, hey, would you repost this? No, I don't do that. Like, it's just not what I do. You know, I, I had this journalist. This was fucking hilarious. Dude hits me up and he's like, hey, uh, so I got this like group and he names up all these people. And he's like, so what we're going to do is like every time we post, we're all going to like comment and like each other's stuff and repost it. I'm like, like a circle jerk. Like, I'm good. And he was pissed <laughs> that I didn't want to be a part of that. I'm like, dude, like, that's just not what I do, man. I do my thing when I want. I choose to talk to who I want when I right. want. And, like, that's part of our old school real generation. Now yeah. they're like, it's like, you know, it's like a bro-ho party every week on Instagram. Like, hey, look at me. I'm here now. And I know nothing about whiskey, but they paid for me to come. So let me tell you. And I'm like, yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited to have you back. I'm I'm excited. Okay. Last big question. Because you've had a yeah. you've had the you've had a journey. Is there a moment, and it can be one or two moments, where you were having you were doing something and you were like, "Holy shit, I can't believe I'm doing this." Yeah, I mean, many. I imagine you said Isla, like Isla's sitting and the guy pops out seventy or right. He's like, "What else you got?" You know, that was a good one. <laughs> well, like, so. One of like the hard art bags to find is like their Kill Dalton Cross, one of the expressions that they had. And, you know, it was just it was just like the adventure going to Isla. It was taking the tiny little airplane that only goes out like once a day. It was getting there in the storm that hit the hit the air in your face that time. And you're like you're driving in on the like the one little single road and there's just nothing. And there's just no trees. This is you're on this island. And you're you're now going through the little like town of Bowmore there, where you're seeing like there's that there's the church. Oh my god, there's that circle church that they always talk about, and there's like the pizza the pizza place, which is spelt with like Pete, like P E A T. <laughs> and you're like, what is all this? <laughs> the whole island is just whiskey focused. Man, I just remember 
they took us so deep onto the into the island up to where like that cross was, the Kildalton Cross. And you know, you step out of the car and it's just so muddy and it's gross and you're not wearing boots because like I went I'm dressed up. Like I have got like nice clothes on and uh, So no jo- so I shouldn't be wearing Jordan ones when I hit the ground. <laughs> Literally not. Like, <laughs> I got trash bags over there. We're like, I'm prepared, guys. No, but here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. There's sheep everywhere, and the sheep shit on everything. <laughs> so I'm thinking I'm walking through mud, and I'm walking no. just like <laughs> fucking trails of sheep shit everywhere. And they're like, "Oh yeah, that's normal." <laughs> laughing about it, guys. And I'm just like, You're "Like oh. I'm gonna put my I'm gonna put my shoes in your car, motherfucker." <laughs> and it's so wild. I just remember. We went to this one other area and like the sun is setting. I think we were right beside Lagavulin, I want to say. It was either Lagavulin or Lefroy. I mean, they're like really close to each other. But there's this old, like just, I don't even know how old the castle is. It was on this like cliff, this like, and it was just all decrepit and broken apart. We like, we had to go. We had to go see this cliff. We climbed up and we're slipping everywhere because it's just so muddy and it was raining and like we're covered in shit and mud, but we're like drinking, we're drinking like 25 year old scotch up on this like crumbled, broken castle. And you're just like, this is the coolest moment. Like that was, that was one of the coolest memories. Yeah, bro. That's a, that's a big one. That's, that's a big one. Yeah, but then, man, there's just so many fun stories, and like now that I'm thinking about all of them as we're like talking about this, it's just well, like I say, I say like for me right now, I'm I'm just I'm busy doing like I do it every December, like best stuff I drank this year. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, if I if I drop dead on January first, the this what I drank this year, like I'm good, like I don't need to drink again. Yeah, like, I'm good. <laughs> like I went to the top of the mountain. I went there. I went all the way up there. Like, I'm good. <laughs> I think one of the cooler whiskeys I've just had in the most, like, recent last month was we just did this uh, big dinner with Bullmore here. And they oh. have their this timeless oh. series that they're doing right now, which is... Uh, Dude, I fell in love. I, I, I spent a lot of time with Daz when yeah. I was in Scotland a couple of months ago. And he, we, he, he pulled shit out of his car, bro. I was staying at the Virgin in Edinburgh. And he pulled... And we did like the bar was closed. We sat like by the elevator, and he took me through like like black yes. bowmores and all the stuff from the nineteen sixty. And it was like one o'clock in the morning. He's like, "Yeah, I gotta go." Like I gotta go. It's like it's late, and he wasn't drinking because he had you know this was like a Wednesday night, and we yeah. had just gone out. And I'm like, dude, I I don't know if I could ever <laughs> ever do this again in my life. Like this is just nuts. Those are the funniest moments, and to like reiterate on those little stories any major whiskey festival you go to actually one you should totally come to there's this one up here vancouver island it's like the victoria whiskey festival i'll send you all the details to this yeah people from around the world come to this whiskey event it's like a two-day it's the weekend thing i'll send you all the details so i'm going back to january but one of these years you gotta come to this thing because i've never drank cooler whiskeys all the big brand guys from around the world they'll be like come up to the hotel room we've got some like really crazy stuff up there and you're with like a group of people like select people and they're just like pulling 40 plus year old different like tasters out and it's just it's one of the most fascinating coolest places to go drink whiskey 
Victoria Whiskey Festival. You need to come one year. It's insane. It's it's so crazy, man. And for years, we would go to this thing. We'd get posted up, put up their, their 18th. It's the 18th one that they're doing. On the 18th, 19th, and 20th, 20th, 21st of January at the Hotel Grand Pacific. And oh my God, like. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not coming because it's my anniversary and we're already going okay. to go to Vegas. I'll come next time. Maybe. Hey, let's keep in touch. I'm excited to have you back, brother. I'm, I, I want to do lots of crazy shit with you and we'll figure all yeah. that out offline. I can't thank you enough for coming on. Do you want to, any other socials? You, I mean, I know you plug. Do you want to plug anything else? I mean, check out our Whiskey Wiseman channel, Wild Cocktails right now. That's coming up pretty soon. Wild spelt with W-Y-L-D. And then my own channel, which is huge on the art side and AI, just photography and and just art in general, which is just Nick Arborn. And uh, yeah, you can find me there. I'm just having a lot of fun making fun stuff. Definitely follow Nick. He's legit. He's passionate. He loves it. He's back. He'll rock your world. Like seriously, like he's there. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening. Like it's been another great, great episode. Don't forget to like them, comment, do whatever you want over there. But I appreciate everyone taking the time and I'll continue to just bring you the most amazing, passionate whiskey lovers, people like Nick and many more um, in the future. And thank you everyone for listening. 